The following podcast contains adult subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Numbers, we don't need no stinking numbers. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Long Box with Juan Doyle and Gabe. But not Tim. Fuck that guy. Fuck Tim. Yeah, Tim's scared. <laughs> I think Doyle said that gay, that Tim is scared of the dwarf giant. Who's not scared of the dwarf giant? <laughs> yeah. Especially a smoking dwarf giant. That shit's scary. You're scary. We're we're recording, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <coughs> hey, everybody. This is an episode of Thinking Outside the Lockbox. <laughs> <laughs> the Gabe smoked a bunch of weed right before it started. Nope, during. <laughs> With that said, I'm Gabe. I'm Doyle. I'm Juan. And today we are going to be talking about The Vest of Night. Dun, dun, dun. It's a 2019 American science fiction film directed by Andrew Patterson, starring Sierra McCormick and Jake Horowitz. The film was written by Andrew Patterson under the pseudonym of James Montag. Why have a pseudonym if you're going to just not use it? Um, and Craig W. Sanger. It premiered at the 2019 Slam Dance Film Festival in January 2019. Amazon Studios acquired distribution rights to the film and released it in May of 2020, uh, including drive-in theaters in the United States and video via video on demand on Prime Video. The film's plot is said to be basically loosed on the Kecksburg UFO incident and Foss Lake disappearances. I did not know that. Uh, Neither did I. One of the podcasts that I listen to, uh, Astonishing Legends, has like a whole series on the Kecksburg incident, which is really cool. Like, and they are very similar. So, well, we got to speak to uh, Gail Cronauer, who was Mabel Blanche, Jake Horowitz, who was Everett, and Sierra McCormick, who was Faye Crocker, who you have already heard, or uh, they're coming up soon. So, we got to speak to three, oh, two, two, both of the main act- no. actors in this movie. And one more person. Uh, and Bruce I gotta Davis. Look Bruce, Bruce, Bruce Davis. Davis. I'm yeah. sorry. My bad. Who is the, the voice on the phone in what might be one of the most innovative fucking movie shots I've ever seen. Like, that shit was unreal. So, like, as I've been talking to, like, the actors that were in this and then in Blood Machines, like, I've been kind of talking about this block of, like, movies that we're talking about this this recording session as, like, visually interesting and, like, unique movies. And where the other two are very, like, hyper-focused on, like, really big fucking crazy special effects, like, scenes and set pieces and stuff like that, that this movie is, like, the exact opposite it's like visually stunning because of how close and small and dark everything seems like it all feels like it's happening in real time in like the real world. And it makes a kind of intensity that is really hard to deny. Like this is a fucking killer movie. Like we watched three movies that I absolutely fucking love this, this time. Like all of them were really, really good. Yeah. I think it's definitely the theme of uh, this week's set of shows. Visual awesomeness. Just pure visual awesome. For some reason, your glasses make your eyes look bigger, Gabe, and the camera. (laughs) 
<laughs> so you look like a fucking cartoon. <laughs> you look like Bubbles. You look like Bubbles from from Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> it's the kittens. <laughs> uh, Gabe, you're gonna find this interesting. Ninety-two uh, percent critic rating, sixty-three percent viewer rating. That's because regular people are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's because the movie's slow. Uh, exactly. A lot of people, a lot of people can't hang with the like. Even though it was slow, though, some of just the setup shots of like the camera flowing through the town and like, how can you not just be visually blown away by that? Like, the fact that this movie is based on a true-ish encounter makes it more scary to me. <laughs> it's like it's scary on the it's scary on the download, but if you think of it as real, it's like quite terrifying. <laughs> If they're like aliens are fucking manipulating everyone's brains and shit, <laughs> just it's sucking movies, people up. It's movies like this that make me fucking scared of space aliens. Like yeah. I have a real problem with like the little gray man showing up at my house and like kidnapping me. Just and I've been terrified. <laughs> I've just been terrified of that shit my whole life for some reason. And now this we movie be, is yeah, what's that? Now we I was going to say, and now we have to be concerned with Little Grimman controlling our everyday functions and shit. <laughs> right. We're only making this podcast because they will it. This, this is one of those movies and one of those genres that I love everything in this genre that I, I don't care if it's good or bad. It's weird. I like anything that has to do with aliens. Alien abductions, alien encounters. Like, I love shit that has to do with outer space, UFOs. It's my jam. It's like time travel movies. I fucking will watch anything that has to do with those genres. And, and the, the, I will say the only. Except for Outlander. Except for fucking Outlander. I did watch it, but it was fucking awful. Um, <laughs> but I, I will, I will say the only thing that took me out of this movie. And I know that it was meant to be kind of like uh, um, Twilight Zone-y kind of thing um, was when they would cut to a scene and it was in the little TV for like two or three minutes. Like I didn't – I know that's a visual thing that goes with that kind of show, um, you know, that kind of thing. But it, it kind of kicked me out. I, I, didn't, I thought it was unnecessary the couple of times it happened. But it was it's a very small thing for me. You know, it was it was a little weird, like those those moments. But I think just the overall like feel and style of the movie, it's really easy to gloss over those right, I because agree. yeah, because this. I mean, so like Doyle was talking about that first shot where it's just tracking the two of them as they like walk through and they're talking to each other. That shit is like some straight West Wing camera work. Like that is really, really good camera work. And then the scene that I was talking about where um, where the guy calls into the radio station and it pans to like across the room to the radio and then zooms into the speaker and you hear the rest of the conversation to a black screen that shit sucked me in so hard. And it like reminded me of all those times when I was like, cause obviously I'm like in my forties. So like I used to just lay on my bed 
and listen to AM radio at night when I couldn't sleep. And it reminded me so much of like shows like coast to coast and stuff where a guy would call in and he's a trucker <laughs> and he'd be like, I just saw a fucking flying saucer, man. <laughs> like, and it just reminded me so much of that, that it, that it drew me in in a way that was, was really pretty awesome. Like it's just a fucking cool ass movie, man. What, what drew me I'm, into that? I'm really positive about things. What's going on <laughs> <laughs> what what drew me into that scene was less the scene and more bruce's voice it honestly it honestly was i i honestly thought i was listening i i told gabe this before before we recorded with bruce before we recorded the interview i told him i i honestly thought it was somebody and this is not i don't mean this is an insult to Bruce at all, but I honestly thought it was like an Idris Elba or somebody that I, because it sounded very, very familiar to me, uh, and I thought it was just somebody that was like super, super famous who they just paid to not be on camera and they just use his voice because he had he he has an amazing voice that sucked me in to where I I, I didn't need for anything to be on the screen I just wanted to listen yeah. and it was a great story that he told. It's, it What's sounds great? weird but it felt like reading a book to me a little bit, this movie. Yeah. Like it, there's visually awesome things going on, but the whole movie plays towards like what you're imagining is also going on, which happens a lot when you're, well, when I'm reading, I guess, I don't know if everybody, but to where you're visualizing the whole situation and what's not on camera. And yeah, I don't know. Like to me, they felt the whole movie just felt different than every other movie I've seen. It's like kind of its own little genre. And then you get the money shot at the end. You get the cool, stunning yeah. UFO thing at the end, which is another great shot of the two of them. You know, but you don't actually see them going up into the ship or anything. They're just they're just gone. And then you go back to the unassuming town of people just kind of going on their days out of the basketball game. It was it was it's a it's a good movie. It's a good film. So to go to uh, two of the interviews that we did. So Spoiler talking, alert. No, talking with, <laughs> talking with Bruce, you know, the story that he tells in the interview about how he ended up in the movie is really, really cool and actually speaks exactly to what you were saying about his voice is the director basically just heard him talking and was like, holy shit, you need to be in my movie. And then with – with the language aspect of it and the reading part of it. So when I was talking with Gail, we talked a lot about, about how language and words and the alien language and versus human language are so important to this movie. There's these moments of like lengthy, I mean like crazy overkill exposition, like an exposition scene that lasts like five and a half minutes, like they have with Bruce calling into the radio show or with, you know, the characters sitting with Gail is like completely fucking unacceptable in pretty much any movie I've seen in a long time, but they managed to make it visually interesting enough that those five or six minutes of just straight exposition are compelling and interesting. And it's that combination of like language and sight that makes this movie like work. It is, yeah. it's like reading a book because you're putting parts together in your brain instead of them just telling you everything about it. I've watched this movie twice. And honestly, I was like 
if I wouldn't have been as busy at work today, I would strongly consider work watching it again today while I was working. So I was like, I don't know. I, I, was, in, I was interested both times all the way through, and I'm interested in the like, because literally the camera work is true. What's yeah, going on, Juan? That was amazing what you just said. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the look. I, un- so you I understood most of it. it I understood like... most of it. <laughs> it's good. It's worth watching more than once. You should watch it. <laughs> if you speak in sentence fragments, it doesn't seem to break up as much. So I, I, I honestly felt I, I felt like Gail's character was just a kook for a long time and then at the end when they t- when they go up into the alien spacecraft i was like oh fuck they should have brought the old lady with them like i was really sad for her <laughs> at that point it's funny because i had almost the exact same thought of oh man maybe her son is gonna come down and then they went up i was like well that's fucking depressing as hell <laughs> like yeah it was <laughs> <laughs> that's all i said am i just am I- that bad? Yes. yes. I don't understand why it's going. I don't. I don't understand well what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I think Petrie did chew on some of your cables. I think uh, it's, so it's it's wireless. Should be no issue, really. <laughs> hey, hey, America, wear a fucking mask so we can sit in a room together again. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> oh man! I saw I saw a gif that said uh, America's so lit. This, but have you seen? <laughs> I don't know what you. I wasn't. I somebody was talking to me. I'm sorry. What'd you say? I wasn't talking. It seems like you guys. No, Gabe. Oh man! It's usually Gabe's internet. What is going on at Doyle's house today? I know, right? Maybe he needs to restart his router. I think so. I don't think he's there anymore. Does he have a... Yeah, I wonder if he... Do you have a bunch of people at your house? No. But I don't even know if you can hear me answering you. Yes. Yeah, I actually heard that, yeah. <laughs> What's weird is there's no interruption at all on my end. You guys aren't coming in and out. There's nothing. So it makes no sense that I'd be doing it completely under but I got like fucking one way internet here. Like that makes no sense. <laughs> oh shit. But to speak on this while you can hear me, when I listen to these every week, it sounds a lot like this from every aspect. It sounds like when people start talking, everyone else starts getting cut off every time somebody's talking. I don't know if you heard that or not. Yeah, we. He- I heard yeah, that. I heard you. So I wonder if it's something Skype does a little bit. Obviously, I nope. I, th- I think you're gonna find that this sounds a lot worse. Weird right now. Uh, obviously, I I think you're gonna find that this sounds a lot worse than normal. Skype Skypey's kind of weird sometimes. It just comes with the territory. But you are you are completely cutting in and out. Like every sentence is just but what what not yeah, every which, sentence. It's like it's weird. It'll be like makes okay. No sense. You're a hundred percent fine, Elias. <laughs> <laughs> It's just so weird because, like, you'll be fine for, like, 20, 30 seconds, and then you're just like, <laughs> like, for no reason. Oh, it's so funny. Can't make it good. 
What did it? So tell us a little bit about the you. So you've touched on the the Gale interview and the Bruce interview. Tell us a little bit about uh, Jake's interview. So and Sierra's Jake, interview. Yeah. So Jake and Sierra. The thing that I think is the most interesting about all four interviews, but especially the two of them is that they talked extensively about how intelligent and fun it was to work with the director who apparently is like very reclusive and like doesn't really like to interact with the public. Um, I would kill to talk to that guy. Like he seems just like a genuinely super interesting guy. Uh, the other thing that I thought was really, really interesting is they both talked about, you know, how much time they had they had like a week of like rehearsal time before they started filming and they both talked about how important that was to like the dialogue and how they talked with each other that they had that week to build camaraderie with each other before they had to have like this rapid back and forth kind of conversation like it's it it's really cool. Like they were all really interesting people to talk to, and that does not always happen to us. Like <laughs> so, so it's it's nice, you know. I get to ask a question, and they just you know go, and it's it's been really cool. I these last like five or six interviews have been really really good. Like I've really enjoyed doing them. So Sierra McCormick is probably the most famous out of all of these out of all of the actors in this. Um, she's been on uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Boston Legal, Supernatural, uh, Criminal Minds, Hannah Montana, Monk, um, CSI. Uh, she, I mean, she's. It looks like a, a lot of kind of smaller parts, but it, it looks she's been in a lot of different uh, shows. So as I was watching this movie, I kept thinking to myself, man, that girl looks really, really familiar and I cannot place where she's at. And when I looked her up, I realized it's because uh, when she was way younger, she was on a show called Ant Farm that Sophia fucking loved. And I watched way too much of that show with Sophia. And I didn't bring it up in the interview, but when I told her that after the interview, I was like, hey, like, I don't want to bring it up. It, it would be weird. I go, I, I've seen a shitload of you in Ant Farm. And she goes, ha, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was just so funny. Like, You know what's crazy is that show's not really that long ago. It's a 2011 to 2014 show. Like, it's not really, you know, I mean, super six, long time ago. It's six years ago. So, you, you, I mean, it's like most of my youngest child's life. So, <laughs> <laughs> She's the main character. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's really cool. Like, it's a really, the it's really interesting to see people, like, come out of that. And sometimes I wonder if, like, they feel compelled to, like, try to do things that are so like, you know, not Disney shit. And that's why we get to see them in like cool movies like this. You know what I mean? Faux show is, am I tapping right now? No. no. Give me a second. I'm going to see if I can just hop on my cell phone version of this. And then maybe that'll just be clear. Are you coming in clear? <laughs> okay. So did you get that or no? Okay. Yeah. 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 Good. Yeah. We heard you. So I mean, you I, seem fine now. Yeah, if if you, I I think we're pretty close to wrapping this episode up. I would assume I'm I'm giving the the movie two thumbs up. I definitely recommend people watching it. It's it's a very cool alien genre film without 
really any aliens. It's just a cool movie. They're there. Uh, they're, the <laughs> they're, they're everywhere. You go ahead, Doyle, now that we have what okay. seems to be a good connection for stable, a brief moment. Stable Doyle connection. Um, I agree with Juan. It's super good. Two thumbs up. Uh, um, someone didn't touch on it, that the whole alien thing is super scary to me as well. Like more scary than normal shit. So this movie has that going for it too. But yeah, two thumbs, two, two cheese pizzas out of two. Uh, I also would give this a couple twice baked cheese pizzas. Twice Twice baked baked cheese pizzas. You're you're stuck on the twice baked shit. (laughs) Uh, I'm with you guys. I give this two thumbs up. Like I loved the shit that we watched for this this recording session. Like this was some really cool movies. Uh, this is one of those things that I never would have thought to watch in, unless Doyle recommended it. Uh, I'm so glad I watched it because, A, it's on Amazon Prime, which means it was, like, free. And also, it's just really fucking good. Like, I highly, highly recommend you check it out. Was this somebody's directorial debut or no? I think it is his directorial debut. Like, maybe other than, than uh, like, indie films. Or uh, short films, I meant to say. It is a very good first movie, if it's a first movie. Let me look. This is, in fact, his first movie. Ah, so it looks like... Good job, bro. It looks like he used several pseudonyms uh, in in the production process. I assume to make it look to distributors like he... Like <laughs> he wasn't the only one doing the work. What? So what is the what is the point of a pseudonym? What What do you think is the point of a pseudonym? I mean, I think in this particular instance, because it looks like the writer producer credit he gave to uh, James Montague or Montag or something like that, and then the editing and no, just the editing and editorial department uh, is under a. A Junius Tully, and I I wonder if it was just because he was afraid that people wouldn't take his movie. <laughs> he was afraid people wouldn't take his movie seriously if it was just his name on all the credits. Like I uh, think that might be what happened. Yeah, because wanted by the FBI. <laughs> yeah, but if, if I mean people, he has the beard and hair for it, if so, people yeah. know you're using a pseudonym, then the FBI is coming either which way. Like it does, it's not. Well, I I think it's a I think it's a he's good at making movies, from, Mon. He might not be good at hiding from. <laughs> I <laughs> I bet the pseudonym was like revealed to be him after he got a distribution deal. You know what I'm saying? Makes sense. That would be a little weird. I you would gotta, definitely. You go to pay him. He's like, yeah, I'm also that guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like and that other guy. That's also me. <laughs> if we end, if we end up getting the chance to interview him, one, I will definitely ask about that. <laughs> hey, why didn't you use your name, fucker? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, take us out, my good sir. All right. Well, on that, tell us your real name, fucker. <laughs>
<laughs> uh, be sure to check us out at TOTLB.com. That's where you can find all of our social media interaction points. Uh, you can also go to Patreon.com slash TOTLB to help support the show. Find us on YouTube, tinyurl.com slash TOTLBTube. And of course, give us a call. Tell us what you think of The Vast of Night. There's no reason for you to not watch it if you have Amazon Prime because it's on there. 970-573-6148. The Michael Kirk Memorial Hotline. I heard it was coronavirus that he got from a midget. (laughs) Rest in peace. (laughs) (laughs) With that said, I've been Gabe. I'm Doyle. I'm Juan. Talk to you next time. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Thinking Outside the Long Box podcast. Join us on Facebook and Twitter to get behind-the-scenes information for exclusive content and to be notified when new episodes are available. The thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent or reflect those of the Thinking Outside the Long Box podcast, Baron Space Productions, its partners, or affiliates. The Thinking Outside the Long Box podcast is made available by its creators, Juan, John, and Gabe. The podcast is edited and produced by Juan, and Albi is the co-executive producer. The Thinking Outside the Long Box podcast is a barren space production. <laughs>